Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode with me, Dr. Derek Williams, on the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Appreciate you joining me. The last couple episodes that I have done have been part of a, a series of me trying to go back in time and to explain my thought processes and decisions that I've made over the years that have allowed me to walk away from clinical dentistry at the age of 35. So the first episode in that was about basically before being an actual dentist in dental school, the steps that I took The last episode that I did was all about kind of my first 12 to 18 months in ownership, and I call that in the grind. So I'm excited to get into this next section for today of what I will call kind of the vision. It's kind of something that got my wife and I excited for an idea for what the future could be like if we wanted it to. But before I get into the episode, I want to share with everyone, we actually have started a mastermind group. We have never done this before. We've talked about it, but we've never done it. The reason why I have really wanted to do this and and the rest of us is we kind of have services that we offer on kind of extreme ends of the spectrum. On on the low end of the spectrum, we have TLP Academy, which is pretty incredible if I say so myself. It's got everything in it that you need if you want to do everything completely on your own to walk you through the steps of creating your own lifestyle practice. On the other end of the spectrum, we have one-on-one coaching where it's very tailored. TLP Academy is included in it That's great, and that's a big part of it, but it's very tailored. You're working with one of us as a coach where we're talking, we're getting to know your specific situation and practice, your team members, and trying to really understand where things are and where you want to get things to in a year from now, five years from now. And then we start to kind of work backwards to really help provide the steps for you to how how to reverse engineer the process and get your practice and your lifestyle to where you want it to be. There's a lot of one-on-one time in that. But with that comes the price, of course. Right now, our costs for coaching are usually around 3000 to 3500 per month, depending on how long we work together. So we've had some people, some dentists that are in a position, whether they don't have the funds that they want to invest in the type of thing like a coaching situation, or even some people that like the idea of a group mentor setting where they can still get some feedback and be able to work with others at a lower price point. So we've developed this. And by the time this episode comes out, the first group is probably going to be closed. We just, at the time that I'm recording this, we just announced it yesterday and the group is already more than half full. So I would imagine it's only going to be another couple days. So probably by the time you're hearing this episode live, probably the course is going to be closed, but we are going to continue these courses in the future. So if you're interested, send me an email or any of us and let us know that you want to be put on the wait list for the next one. And depending on demand, and we'll kind of let you know when that next availability will be, we can kind of go from there. So watch out for stuff in the future. The big way that we let people know about this was through subscribers to our email and an easy way 
to get on the email subscriber list. If you're not, just go to the lifestylepractice.com and any of those things on the homepage where uh, you can, it says, get your copy now, little eBooks or stuff like that. You put in your email and that's basically how you get put on the subscriber list and you'll be kept in the loop that way. The Facebook page is also another good place. I have posted updates letting people know about that activity on there as well. So with that being said, really look forward to working with those of you that have signed up. I'm super excited about this. It's going to be six months of us getting to know each other and kind of going through things. So I'm, I'm very excited. So let me get into today's episode. After I got to the point in my practice where I felt like things were going really well, I was really happy with things. Something kind of came up and and wasn't wasn't really expecting this, but my wife went to kind of like a motivational speakers conference for women. It was in Dallas. And she came back and was she was kind of telling me about the people she listened to and stuff like that. And she told me there was a couple that spoke, husband and wife, and they talked about an experience that they had and about a book that they had written. The book was called Seven at Sea. And they basically told their story of how they kind of were living in the rat race. They had five kids and they got this idea to go sailing for a year and basically to sell everything that they owned and go sailing for a year because they wanted to have those experiences with their kids. Anyway, my wife told me about it and I thought, man, that is such an interesting idea I'd like to learn more and hear more about their experience. And so I said, we should read their book. And my wife wasn't quite as excited about it as I was, but we did it. We got the book. We bought a hard copy of the book, I think. No, no, we bought an Audible copy. We bought it on Audible and we listened to the book together at night. After we finished the book, we were just so motivated. We thought this was such a cool idea and we thought, how can we do this? We don't really feel comfortable sailing out in the open ocean with our whole family, but you know, we're still excited about it. And we came across these other families that were doing it in an RV and were traveling around the country and some even in other countries in RVs or Airbnbs and stuff like that. And we thought, man, this is, this is such a cool idea. Maybe we want to do this. So we started planning ahead. The big difference was for me with uh, our situation and this other couple is that this other couple was basically willing to sell everything that they owned and go on this trip and essentially start over again financially when they finished this. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be in a pretty good situation financially where we were going to be set up to be able to kind of have the freedom to design our lives how we wanted to after that. And So anyway, we kind of decided, okay, this is our goal. This is what we want to do. So I started crunching the numbers, basically. I started looking at all sorts of different things. I started looking at how much money we were making in the practice each year. Uh, I looked at how much we had invested in, in real estate, passive income, how much we had in stocks. And basically, you know, when it comes down to it, really kind of looking at our net worth and looking at kind of what our options were and how much farther we needed to get. If I can provide something real quick, and I may, I'll probably go more into detail in this on the future, but if you wanted to, you could kind of think of a simple way of doing something. They call it the 4% rule, which probably most of you have heard of that, but you can basically say, okay, 
if you assume that you can have a 4% return on your money per year, then you can work backwards from that and figure out how much capital you need invested. Another way of thinking about it is looking at your net worth. For example, if you wanted $100,000 a year in passive income and you were going to get 4% from that, you basically would divide 100,000 by 0.04, which is the same as multiplying by 25. And if you were to do that, you would get 2.5 million. That's the amount you would need to have invested to be able to pull out 4% of that per year and not run out. Obviously, this is very, very simplified. And there's a lot of things that you should be getting greater return from. But there's some things like a house, equity in your house that you may not get any return from. So the math is definitely more complicated but that's a very simplified way of looking into it. Obviously, your cost of living is going to make a big difference on that too. If you want uh, 500000 per year times that by 25, and that would be what, $12.5 million, if I'm doing my, right, my math right. But again, if you have that kind of net worth, you're probably going to be getting a lot better returns than 4%, which I hope all of us are. But uh, anyway, that's a quick side note. So when I started weighing all of these things out and running the numbers, I started realizing that, oh my gosh, we could make this work. Like we could actually do this pretty soon within probably within the next year. And it was a crazy idea to me. I couldn't, I kind of couldn't believe it. And it was kind of scary to me at the same time. My wife and I were both very excited and motivated by this. And this led to this cycle of life where we couldn't think about anything else. We were watching YouTube videos of families traveling around. We were reading and listening to podcasts about this. We're trying to picture what it would be like and what we we're going to do with our kids that were in school and not in school and thinking through so many different types of things. Where would we go? You know, what's really interesting is that when I started to do that, it started making my daily life, my daily grind more and more like a grind. I found myself just kind of daydreaming a lot, you know, thinking about how great life was going to be in the future when I hit my goal. And I still was really excited about it. And I didn't exactly realize these things until over time when I started to, to realize. There also was a very crucial moment for me. I was, I was talking to a friend on the phone and I was telling him about my exciting new vision of what we wanted to do. And interestingly, you know, I kind of expected my friend to be like, man, if that's what you want to do, go get it. That's awesome. That's a cool, that's a cool goal. Cool vision. Not what I would want to do, you know, you know, something like that. But, but that's not what he said. He said, he said, Derek, just be careful because whatever you do now and whatever you're training your brain, you're still going to have the same mind then. So it's very likely that if you're always at this point, you're always just looking forward to the next thing, you could get to the next thing, but you've trained your brain to still be looking for the next thing. So you could work, work, work and get there and then still not be happy and just be waiting for whatever the next thing is after that. And I didn't really like it when he said it at the time, but it stuck with me. 
and I realized that he was right. And this is ultimately what led me to my personal discovery of mindfulness. I told my wife, I said, I've got to learn how to be happy and to enjoy life and what's going on around me right now in in the moment. And I think this is a good goal and this is what I want to focus on for for this time period. And obviously we're going to still keep working and I want this this vision and the dream, but I think I've got some more mental work to do on my own before we can get to that point. So thus began my search and journey into mindfulness. And I say mindfulness because essentially what mindfulness is to me is accepting the present moment that you're given. There's a really, really good short 20 minute episode on Netflix on mindfulness. And, uh, it's, it's on a series called the mind explained. And there's one episode called mindfulness. I've probably watched that probably 15 times. I just have it downloaded on my phone and I'll just watch it occasionally because it's pretty short. And every time I get something new out of it, but I just really enjoyed that as an intro. A lot of things kind of resonated with me, but one of the biggest things was when they talk about on there they say, we spend so much of our time mentally living in the past and living in the future. But what's crazy is we can only physically live in the present. So why do we spend so much of our time in the past and in the future? It's very unfortunate. And it made me realize the inadequacy and how I was doing that and how I wanted to change. I started reading different books and I had already kind of been exposed to a lot of this material. Anyone that's listened to me very much has heard me talk about stoicism. And ultimately, I feel that mindfulness and stoicism and a lot of Buddhism go hand in hand. So over the next year or so, I studied mindfulness and really tried to focus on different things. I did an episode one time, maybe I'll find which episode, but it's all about gratitude. It was about teaching yourself to become more grateful. And I did it during this time period. I did it when I had this vision of what I wanted to reach in the future. And I was trying to teach myself to be grateful for each day. In that episode, I talked about how at one point I was upset. I was running behind in my schedule and it wasn't going exactly perfect. And whatever I was working on the tooth at the time, I hadn't been able to go to the bathroom in hours, finally get a chance to go to the bathroom. And I go in the bathroom and I had been doing this practice where I just say, thank you out loud or in my head. And I just started saying that I just started saying, thank you. And it's kind of a cool trick where you start just saying, thank you. And it's almost like your brain has to figure out, wait, you're saying, thank you. What are you thankful for? And then it tries to start filling in the blanks. Oh, maybe you're thankful for this or this. And when I did that, I did that when I was in the bathroom and all of a sudden I started thinking, oh man, I'm grateful that I have an office full of patients that want to see me. I'm thankful that I have staff that are working hard, just as hard as I am to keep us on time. I feel so grateful that It's not just me that's trying to keep us on track, but we're all focused as a team. That was a really cool experience. And it's little things like that 
that you have to do over and over again, day after day after day to really change your, your mindset. At first, it can feel drudgingly hard, but over time, you change one thought and convert over one or two thoughts a day, and those will carry into the next day. The next day, you just change it one or two more. And eventually, over time, you're a completely different person with your mindset. It's a really cool thing. I got to uh, a place where I actually was feeling pretty good about things, and I was really happy with my situation. I was happy with my practice, and it was an awesome experience. It allowed me to really just enjoy my staff a lot more. It changed my relationship with them. It was a really cool experience. But I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready now. I feel like I've done the mental work. I'm ready to to sell my practice and hit the road. And I met with my accountant, Keith, at Kane Waters, basically told him my vision and and everything, told him my numbers and, and everything. He said, okay. He said, yeah. He said, Derek, based on everything, you can do this. The numbers work out. And then he said, but I was like, okay, here we go. As your CPA, your financial planner, as the one that is in the game for you trying to like set yourself up in the best situation possible. He said, you really would be a lot better off if you could extend this timeline out one or two or three years or more. And with as much as your practice is is cash flowing, every year just is going to add more cushion to the future. And you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. There was some other things that he he said as well. I, one one thing I'll I'll share really quickly. I told him I said, "Yeah, Keith, those things are true, but man, I could at any point, I could always buy another practice and I could get it running like this again." So, I'm not too worried. And he said, "Derek, you I think you're right, but you have to consider you're in the prime of your life right now. And how many years has it taken you to build your practice and get it to this point where it is a well-oiled machine? It doesn't take a lot of your time and energy and it cash flows so well. I listened. I went away from that meeting and I could not get his thoughts out of my head. They kept going around and I kept thinking about uh, just that he'd made some really good points. So I came home. I talked with my wife. I think it was the next day. I just kind of slept on it that night. The next day, I kind of talked to her and said, hey, I think he's got a good point. I think we should extend one or two more years and really kind of flesh this out and take advantage of this, give ourselves a cushion. And it was great. I'm glad that I did it. But it's interesting because it led me to a point that it was almost like dental nirvana. I had an employee at that point where she wasn't a bad employee, but she wasn't exceptional. And there were some things where she was giving me some pushback. And I decided, you know what? I don't need to be here. I'm doing this to add cushion to my life. And so if I'm going to still be here, I don't want her in the picture anymore. And that was awesome. I made the decision. The next day after one of these times of pushback, I went in and uh, I waited till the end of the day. I said, I've decided that today's your last day. I'm letting you go. She packed up her stuff and left. 
I paid her for, for two weeks as a form of, of two weeks notice and was able to get another hygienist that I was thrilled with and have been so happy ever since then. And I feel like that was really like the last piece of the puzzle to get my team exactly the way that I want it. And that was a couple of years ago. So for the last couple of years, it's been amazing. Still is definitely clinical challenges and issues with patients once in a while. But man, really cool experience to start living and practicing in a way where you're doing it knowing that you don't have to be there. It changes your decisions from being afraid of what could happen to then kind of being like, yeah, well, if the worst happens, I'm still going to be fine. So let's move forward. Let's do it. And this also allowed us to continue increasing our production where the last couple of years have been my best years. We've done about 1.7 on 40% overhead. It's been fun. It's been a great experience. That is most of what I wanted to share in this episode. This was a phase of ownership that was extremely essential to me becoming who I am today. It was a development of this this vision that I was able to work toward. It got me to a spot in practice where I was so happy, honestly, that I thought, you know what? Maybe we're going to be good like this forever. We actually bought an RV. We were planning on waiting until we did this trip to buy an RV. And we thought, you know, when I started like really understanding mindfulness, thought, hey, why are we waiting to do this in the future? We can do this now. So we went and bought an RV and a truck to pull it with. And we started having trips. And every September, we went down to Rio Guadalupe in uh, New Braunfels area in Texas, which is just beautiful. I would take off 10 days every year in September, such a fun time and memory. But, you know, we started just kind of traveling and doing all these trips and stuff and got us to the point where I was so happy that I thought maybe this is what this was all about. Maybe I'm just going to do this forever. In the next episode, I will tell you about what changed that for me and how I got off of that track of essentially kind of being okay on cruise control and automatic for a long time to then getting to the point where I am now. But the point that I want to share, and this comes up a lot of times in in coaching with clients, is you can have different amounts of success. You can have low, average, high, but guess what? That all comes down to how you perceive it and how you quantify it. What's maybe very high success for me, for someone else might say, yeah, it's average. It's not good enough for me. But what I think is extremely important is to recognize that as you are pushing yourself and you're experiencing success, no matter how big or small, that you recognize that life is about the present. You cannot live physically in the future or the past. So don't dwell on it. Focus on what you can do in the present moment. And that works in our practices as well. When you're in the middle of of the day, don't be thinking about the end of the week. What are we going to hit for the end of the week? Don't think about that. Think about how can I maximize my production in this hour right now? How can I be more present with this patient right now? How can I make them feel more comfortable? How can I do the best prep that I can right now? All of those questions 
if you continue to guide yourself back to the present moment and those kinds of questions, it's going to lead to those other things during the week and the month. And I'm not saying that you never focus on those things. I'm not saying that you never think about what you're going to do for the week or the month or the year, because all of those thoughts are very important as well, but it shouldn't be done in the middle of the day when you're doing other things. If you're going to have those kind of big picture, long-term thoughts, it needs to be at a time set aside for that, where you can be thinking of your goals and how you feel about your progress and then set new goals. So thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. These episodes have been a lot of fun for me. I've only got one more to kind of wrap up this series and I'm excited for that. But this episode today is maybe the most impactful for me because it's not just about money. It's it's about inner peace. And if I can inspire anyone or help anyone along that path to greater inner peace, then I'll be very happy to have achieved that. So take care, everyone, and we will talk to you in the next episode. Every